Hello everybody and welcome to the Global Podcast with me, Kyle Quinn, and today I'm going to be previewing the Atletico Madrid Champions League tie with Manchester United, uh, the first leg coming up on Wednesday, and join me to preview that is Jonas Kiever, who is a Norwegian journalist who covers La Liga. How's it going, uh, Jonas? All good, all good. Uh, very, uh, very much looking forward to, to the match between United and, uh, and Atletico Madrid, and, and obviously... Uh, Everything going on in European football. I think it's we're we're in a situation where there's so many fun things going on, um, not only in Spain but also here in Norway. For those who haven't caught the Bude Glimt three-one uh, thrashing of uh, of Celtic at Celtic Park, so I mean everything is going up Norway in Spanish football these days. Yeah, it was a hugely surprising result, seeing uh, Celtic get beat at home quite comfortably like that. And it was a double blow for Celtic fans, considering that Rangers beat Dortmund 4-2 on the same yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, uh, a weird a weird evening, a weird evening, but we're not here to talk about that, I suppose. But then again, it, ha- it has to be the one time that I can fly the Norwegian flag on the European stage, I kind of have to do it, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's fair to say that both Atletico and Manchester United have had really poor seasons, um, which probably probably makes this a 50-50 tie for me anyway. Um, I seen yesterday that uh, Atletico got back to winning ways. Uh, Suarez scoring a fantastic long-range lob, um, but they did lose to the bottom team, Levante, in midweek, which kind of sums up their season really um united as we all know has been really poor as well changing managers midway through the season and things have only imp- improved slightly and there's a lot of dressing room up- upheaval it seems um so i suppose i obviously i watch Manchester united primarily and i only see glimpses of athletico so what i really want to ask you is what has gone wrong at athletico this season i think the question more so is has anything gone right uh because they're the reigning they're the reigning champions i mean they were fantastic last season but they were also uh gaining advantages from teams around them dropping points and being in transitional seasons we were we were looking at um at real madrid's sort of kind of sort of slightly struggling uh and and trying to sort of get back to to their to their ways barcelona as well with everything going on in the offices there with with kuman who was pretty unpopular you had Bartomeu who was leaving uh, the president and then Laporta coming in and we obviously the whole Messi saga obviously did not help Barcelona also in season last season uh, and with Sevilla not being able to to grab any advantage either it was kind of Atletico Madrid's uh, title to lose at, at a point there I mean they were at a stage I think they were 12 points ahead with two games to spare on at least Barcelona or Real Madrid or both um, they could basically moonwalk their way to the La Liga title last season, and and this season we've seen that they've they've just seemed so inconsistent in the way they've played. I mean, last season they they tried to to switch up their systems a bit more. We've all always known Atletico Madrid as four four two compact, uh, hard pressing in terms of in within their own zone, hitting you on the counter. Um, I suppose set pieces, they were fantastic. I mean, they had leaders in defense, leaders in midfield, strong characters. Uh, but this season, uh, all that has sort of gone away. And and it's summarized in many aspects by by the by the fall, I suppose, of Jan Oblak, who was universally recognized as perhaps the best goalkeeper in the world. 
this season he he's not even I'd be hard pressed to put him top 10 in La Liga. He's been horrible at stages. He's been absolutely dreadful. Um and if you and if you look at the amount of goals that that Atletico Madrid have have conceded this season, they've conceded 34 so far this season. They've not even I, I think they have hadn't even conceded over 30 goals a season during Simeone's era for an entire season. And they're already at 34 now after match day 24. So we're looking at a team that's just, it's just not there for them at this stage. And and one of the reasons is obviously injuries. They've had a, had a good few injuries and, and also COVID outbreaks and so forth. But when they've had players available, they've also struggled in terms of finding out what their, what their best system is. They've tried a sort of strange, odd three, four, one, two, uh, five, four, one. I mean, it's it's been they've almost seemed too clever for themselves. Um, whereas they've been they might might have thought that they've been found out a little bit with their four four two. They they tried to go go away from that first with the four three three, which just didn't work. And then Simeona has seemingly you know had a bunch of M and Ms and thrown them at a tactical board and seen how it how it stuck, and then tried to play that type of formation. It's been it at times it's, it's been weird to look at because players have played in positions they've never played and and they've tried to do things that just seem so atypical of them yeah it's just been unthinkable the amount of goals that Athago have been leaking this season and you know especially in, in recent weeks um was it they conceded four i think against barcelona and in uh, three in in the next game um yeah and then lost to the bottom side um they conceded again yesterday, but they did manage to win the game. And did, what was it three 0 or three one yesterday? I can't remember. It was it was three 0 It was three 0 Three 0 yeah. Well, it's a rare clean sheet for them, really. Um, it is. It's the first time that Jan Oblak has held a, a clean sheet away from home this season. To put that into perspective, it's the first time this season he's he's managed to hold a clean sheet in the league. Yeah, um, he, he would have been probably one of the best keepers in the world in in recently in the last five years i mean i would have had him up there possibly as number one or number two is, is he completely fallen away from that now he has i mean it, it's been it's kind of been a, a joke within i mean within the la liga community that they need to they need to fire this Jan Oblak stunt double because it's it, he's, he's doing a horrible job i mean it, it's not even close to what Jan Oblak has been been known for i mean I think it's been taken for granted in the way that he's sometimes have made the craziest save look simple. This season, he's not even making the simple saves. He's, he's, I believe at a point, I, I think 50% of the shots that went at him or, you know, that went on goal for, for, for the opposing sides was scored. I mean, 50%. So out of every two shots, one would go in. That's, that's how horrible he's been at, at a stage. I think he was rock bottom in that percentage in, in La Liga, and we're, we're considering the fact that we have you've had Levante, who've uh, who've won one game all season, and their goalkeeper has performed better than Jan Oblak. It's it's at, at a stage it's been absolutely dreadful to watch him. He's 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 not looked apart, but then again, it's also fueled by the fact that he has a defense that's been leaking. Uh, Felipe Augusto has has been a walking disaster for for Atletico Madrid this season. Stefan Savic, who many may, may recognize from his time at Manchester City, has been been, been quite well. Um, Jose Jimenez, who was supposed to be the heir to, to Diego Din, has been injured or has been out with COVID or hasn't been in form. Um, and then you've had Mario Hermoso, who 
I suppose is, is sort of a he is a center back, but he's supposed to kind of be a backup center back. He's been given a, a, a an incredibly important role this season in that he's played way more than I think a lot of people would have expected. Uh, he's also come up with some great goals this season, which have actually been vital to, to Atletico Madrid picking up points and now being, at least for the moment, in, in the top four in Spain. Um, but they, they've been a side that's just, even though they were able to keep the majority of their best players following the summer and actually added on some very good players in, in Antoine Griezmann returning and Rodrigo De Paul coming from, from Udinese, they've... They, they, just fallen, fallen and fallen and fallen and not been able to pick themselves up. And a, and a lot of people have wondered why this is. And one of the things that people have pointed out is that, is it perhaps that Diego Simeone has, has run his course and that is his tactics and his way of looking at things is is now working. But anytime you ask or you, you've asked, you've seen Atletico Madrid players being asked in interview settings, the first thing they say is he is not the problem. It's not Diego Simeone that's the problem. It's It's something that goes above them all seemingly. It's just a, a, a Murphy's law. Everything's going wrong at the moment. Uh, so do you think this will just be written off as a bad season or could this be Simeone's last at Atletico? It's I think I think the only the only fan base, the only s- supporter base in world football that will recognize the situation is, are the Manchester United fans with Sir Alex Ferguson. Because he has the same stat, statue there or, or status there at at, uh, at Atletico Madrid, he built that club. That club is is now top three in Spain. I mean, you, you, you're talking in in Spanish football. You're talking about the big three, not the big two. You know, you're no longer just talking about Real Madrid and Barcelona. You're talking about Atletico Madrid as well, and that is down to Diego Simeone, almost single-handedly putting them up there alongside Real Madrid and Barcelona. So, firing Simeone is, I mean. Enrique Cerezo, who is the president of, of Atletico Madrid, is going to. I mean, that has that has to take a lot of cojones to, to fire to fire Diego Simeone. So, um, I think if he if he is to leave, I think he has to step down. Um, and people have you know wondered perhaps it is time for him to step down. Perhaps he will consider doing that. But then again, you'd think Simeone would like to walk into a new job, and there's no real job that's there for him at this stage, and and there's no job that will give him the same freedom. I think that. The Atletico Madrid job has given him now. Yeah, I think his 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 style of football and approach to the game probably isn't attractive to many of the the, the big teams around Europe. Um, I mean, you know, Ajax, Bayern Munich, Man United, City, um, they all have a particular way of one to play football. They want to play attacking, attractive football. The onus is isn't really on defense, I suppose. Someone like Chelsea, he might fit in there um, if that job became available. But um, yeah, like you say, he's he's got everything for him there at Atletico. He, he'll always be an absolute legend there. And he probably will be able to choose whenever he leaves. I, I couldn't see him being sacked myself, even though it, you know, across the road at Real, you know, they go through managers like confetti. I just couldn't see them uh, Atletico a second, second Simeone. No, I I completely agree, and the fact of the matter is that, as I said, he he's built that club. That club is what it is because of him. It's 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 kind of odd in a way to put everything down to one man, but here you can actually do that. I mean, if you look at the way he's transformed that club into into uh, going from as as Jurgen Klopp would have put it from from doubters to believers. I mean, they believed once Simeone came in, and they won the cup, and they obviously. He's given a lot of credit, even though Kike Sanchez Flores obviously won the Europa League a couple of years ahead of Simeone taking over. But then again, they were 
they were always going to be the little brother in, in Madrid. They were always going to be in the shadow of Real Madrid. But now they've stepped out of that shadow. I mean, they've been in two Champions League finals, although they lost both of them to, ironically, Real Madrid. Uh, they won two league two league titles. They won cup titles. They won Europa League titles. They they're always up there in order to sign the best players in world football. I mean, I believe their transfer record now is 126 million euros. They they, they spent on Joao Felix, who who hasn't really lived up to it. But their transfer record is higher and more expensive than Real Madrid's transfer record, which I believe is 100 million euros for. I mean, joint Gareth Bale and joint Eden Hazard. I mean, that's that's the transfer record of Real Madrid. So in, in all sets and aspects of being a little brother, they kind of just shun away from that and, and decided to become, well, decided, I mean, Simeone pushed him to become a European powerhouse. So um, firing him or, or trying to push him out of the club is, is I mean, yeah, I, I I couldn't see it happening. But then again, there's a lot of things that happens in Spanish football that I couldn't see happening that's gone down happening. Yeah, it has been a very successful tenure, like you say. But if there's one thing that he that probably bugs him still is that they didn't get over the line in the Champions League uh, so far anyway. Um, and one of the people that Simeone has blamed on that is Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, he's not... <laughs> He's known for having a great record against Atletico. I think it's 25 goals, 9 assists, uh, and even 11 yellow cards, which shows how feisty he can be in those fixtures. I think he's got two hat-tricks against them, one for Real and one for Juve. Um, so what is the feeling uh, at Atletico, and not just among the players, but also the fans? Do, do they still see Ronaldo as a, a serious threat? I think I think if you ask any Atletico Madrid fan, I think I think they would they'd see that there's three things guaranteed in life. That's death, taxes, and Cristiano Ronaldo scoring against them. Because uh, he's he's done so so many times. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo is, is is it's almost that he's destined to get a goal here, destined to to play a vital part one way or another. And and he just seems to get up for that game. And I and as I said, when when Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid used to face each other, it was feisty. I mean, it was so so intense and so um yeah intense i suppose would be the best word to, to use when 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 atletico madrid were trying to to you know get over the line and, and become one of the big three in spain and and ronaldo was the one who, who constantly kept shutting that door in their face and, and he did so in the champions league he, he's he's done so in in la liga I, be, I believe he did so in the cup one one year as well um so obviously he he's their great nemesis so obviously when they see him uh, on the opposing side I think he has a lot of res- I think he has gained a lot of respect within that that Atletico Madrid dressing room as well just by being the, the character that he is the same way that, that you know just seeing Lionel Messi's name on a team sheet would would almost guarantee Barcelona three points once they faced him in La Liga previously. So Ronaldo has that that's that status both in in Spain as a country but also especially within the ranks of Atletico Madrid. But then again he's becoming older and he's becoming slower and we've seen past couple of weeks that he's he's more and more seemingly fed up with how Man United have played, and then perhaps his his lack of status status in in, in that dressing room. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if Ronaldo perhaps decides to take over these games by himself because he's able to do that. He's one of the few players that is able to to win a tie by himself, even though he he, he is thirty seven. So it'll be interesting to see if he if if it fuels a fire in him to face Atletico Madrid again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he, he seems to have saved most of his best performances for Man United this season in the Champions League. He got six goals in five appearances in the group stages. 
um, we probably wouldn't have got through the group stages if we didn't sign him. No, um, so no. it wouldn't shock me for him to turn up uh, again in the Champions League knockout stages and, and play a pivotal role in United maybe squeezing through this tie. But it's it, it's really, really hard to call, isn't it? You couldn't you know definitively say Atletico's going to win or United's going to win. I think both teams were probably happy with the redraw. Uh, if, <laughs> yeah. if I remember correctly, Atletico were drawn against Bayern and United were drawn yeah. against PSG. So I think both teams yeah. will be happy with that. I think they're very happy. I think I think they are. I believe I believe Atletico Madrid were one of the first teams to actually complain once that once the the faulty draw happened. I think they were the first team to put out a tweet that they had you know sent a uh, a message to UEFA to ask for clarity and what what happens next because obviously they were drawn against Bayern Munich. Um, so I think I think they're both happy and I think that out of all the draws in in that were made, I think this one was the one that was more 50-50 than than anyone else. Um, I still view it as such. I do view Man United as slight favorites, even even though um, I wouldn't be surprised if Atletico Madrid go through. I mean, Atletico Madrid have had some fantastic European nights. You remember when they when they knocked at Liverpool at Anfield? Um, so so they have a they have a thing of also once the going gets tough, there's a mentality in that team that pushes them through. We've seen that on a, on a couple of occasions that that they've been able to do so. They did so in the Champions League this year as well when they had their backs against the wall. And they were able to push through in that away game against Porto, I believe it was. Um, so, so obviously there's a there's a sentiment and there's a, a mentality that's almost unbreakable at Atlético Madrid in, in relation to having Simeone on the sidelines and and people like Jiménez, people like Coque, Luis Suarez, who's obviously been there before and will would love to to uh, to ship Man United out of the out of the Champions League yet again. So so they have they have the characters and they have the players to do so and and they have the mentality and the style of play and on their best day there are few teams that are better than them in in Europe. But then again, you could probably say the same thing about Manchester United as well. So um it's going to be interesting and I also think it's even more interesting considering the fact that away goals do not count anymore. So I wonder how teams will approach it because I think that a team like Atletico Madrid will go to Old Trafford and they'll defend. And once they're and if they're able to set themselves in that defensive stance that they've been able to to make themselves famous for, I do wonder if that line is able to be penetrated by anyone, especially a Manchester United attack that's been faulty at times. Yeah, we have notoriously struggled against you know the low block, and if Atletico were able to recreate the the Atletico of old and make themselves difficult to score against, then it could be a long night for United. Um, but it all depends how the first leg goes. I mean, if United take a lead to Old Trafford, then the Thetico will obviously have to adopt a, a more attacking approach. Um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, the fact that, like you say, their defence is, is leaking goals. The, a lot of defenders are playing poorly. Uh, even the goalkeeper is, is having a horrible season. It gives me hope as a United fan. Uh, but if I can bring some comfort to Atletico fans... De Gea was in a similar situation to Oblek this time last year, and he's recovered. He's back to his best, and it wouldn't surprise me if if United are to go through in this tie. Um, two things will probably happen: Ronaldo will score, and De Gea will probably make one or two wonder saves. Yeah, that's a, that's a storyline to watch out for De Gea because obviously the United bought him from Atletico Madrid, and he and he's an Atletico boy. So it'll it'll be interesting to see sort of. If he crumbles under the pressure, of, or if he becomes, you know, superhuman playing in it, playing well, not it's, it's actually not his former home ground because he, he played at Vicente Calderon, and since uh, since he left, obviously uh, they moved to the one that Metropolitano. So this will be 
I believe it's not his first game because I, I believe he's played national team games at, at, at Metropolitano. So it'll be interesting to see him facing his, his former team and seeing how, he, how he's up for that. Because there's a couple of the players in that team, namely Koke, for example, that, that, he, that he used to play with as a, as a youngster and also as a Atletico Madrid first teamer. So it'll be interesting to see how, how, he's, how he's able to grasp that. And yeah, I think, um, I think Oblak is having a, a blimp in the road. I mean, he's, he's shown his, his amazing quality, but it's... it's it's bizarre to watch him. It's bizarre to watch how he's gone from being superhuman, basically, to... I mean, I, I've compared it to, for those who have seen the movie Space Jam, is, if there's some aliens that have stolen his power because they're playing a game at Moron Mountain against Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Um, it's 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 kind of odd to to have watched him struggle as much as he has, but... Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Perhaps, perhaps this is the game where he he kind of reintroduces himself. I, I think that Atletico Madrid again, a little bit like Ronaldo actually. When when the big games when when the big games are there, they they, they seemingly they're able to usher themselves into a mentality of being Atletico Madrid. And if they're able to, if there's a two-legged tie, which it is here, Simeone is a tactician. He is a tactician of absolute world-class level. So it'll be interesting to see how he how he how he tries to to methodically get his way in in this uh, in this tie because i think i think he's perhaps the star of of this atletico madrid side when it comes to matches like this yeah absolutely um as, as what my fear is i'm not uh, drawing too much confidence from Atletico's form in the league because i know they can just you know turn it on in, in europe so I'm not getting too confident about United getting a result here, especially as we're not playing you know, great stuff ourselves. Um, we're just kind of digging out results at the minute and drawing games and winning the odd game. Um, we're actually winning games when we're playing badly and drawing games when we're playing a bit better. So it's a bit unusual at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I fully expect, you know, De Gea and Ronaldo to play a pivotal role if we do get through this. Um, we're hoping that our arch nemesis Suarez doesn't come back to to haunt us. Um, who who in the Atletico team has actually had a good season? Would you say? Um, it's actually a, a, a formidably difficult question. Um, Angel Correa, I would say, has been their best player, uh, Argentinian attacker who's been a little bit in and out of the side. Is he's, he's he's he was. Of course, as every Argentinian is compared to Lionel Messi when when, when he was younger, um, but he's more of an elusive kind of second striker. Uh, likes to come into the box late, is able to to uh, facilitate play in and around the box. But this season, he's he's popped up with a lot of goals as well. I believe he's their top scorer. Um, I believe he got his eleventh goal of the season uh, yesterday, uh, if I'm not completely mistaken. Anyways, he's he's been. He's been fantastic. He's been he's been quite formidable in the way that he's played. And I'm also a huge fan of Yannick Carrasco, who who plays either as a as a left wing back or, or left winger. Who he is very underrated in for in terms of being a dribbler and being elusive and creating something on his own. He, he's shown on several occasions that he's able to uh, to perform against the big sides. So I, I'd say that those two are the big players uh, in their attack, in their defense. Stefan Savage, maybe. I mean, he's he's. Uh, I like Stefan Savage. I think Stefan Savage is is he's a sturdy defender. Uh, he's one that's able to. He doesn't do anything particularly well, but there's nothing that he does particularly bad either. Um, so so he's uh, he's one that I I'd, I'd mention in, in their defense. I, I think that 
they've they haven't been able to replace Kieran Trippier, who's obviously gone gone to Newcastle, who was ex- extremely important for them in in um, in their build up play, and he was very good at, as their either as a right wing back or as a right back. Uh, I would assume that perhaps Vershalko, who many might remember from the Croatian national side, um, is going to play. He at least he played yesterday, uh, and they've also signed. Um, is it oh, Renalindo or Mandava is his last name? I remember uh, who they signed from from Lille, uh, who's, who's started a couple of games that left back and looks sturdy as well. They've had Renan Lodi, who's played a lot of their their um, their, their games on left back. So those those are the types of players that I'd look out for, as well as if Marcos Llorente is is able to to make the game. He played yesterday, but he's been in and out of the side with injury. If he plays. I think he might be uh, he might be the deciding factor because he can play every role. He's energetic. He's he's absolutely fantastic both going forward and 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 in defense. So if they get him back, that that's someone who I think might tip it in in favor of Atletico Madrid. Well, um, you mentioned Joe uh, Felix. You don't think he's lived up to the hype yet, anyway. Um, so I want to ask you about him. How's he been doing this season? And also. Antoine Griezmann, I know he got a few goals in Europe, but he doesn't seem to be pulling up any trees in the Liga. Is he kind of under the decline? It's an odd one. I think he's an odd, very odd situation because he was he was very good when he when he obviously when he left Atletico Madrid, he was he was one of the best players in the world. He went to Barcelona and his confidence got shut. Uh, he was part of a. I mean, at Atletico Madrid, he, it was more you know Griezmann plus ten. I mean, he was always the first name on the team sheet. Once he got to Barcelona, there were so many other players, namely Lionel Messi and uh, and so many other players who were, who were performing ahead of him and, and had starting positions ahead of him because Barcelona were, in a way, building a dream team attackingly. And and, and they had a team that, that looked ridiculously good on paper. Coutinho, Dembele, Griezmann, Messi. I mean, it, it was a who's who of, of attacking quality. But he, he, and he kind of fell through. Uh, the cracks there at, at, at Barcelona, and there were a lot of cracks. Um, and then he was loaned back now to, to Atletico Madrid, and he just hasn't found his feet again. He, he just doesn't seem comfortable in the way uh, that Atletico Madrid play, and, and that might be because they've developed a little bit w- without him. I mean, they're playing a style that's, as I said, that's that's different from what he left. I mean, they played a 4-4-2 counter-attacking style where he was sort of the, the main attacking focal point, but now they've They've shunned a little bit away from him with having the likes of Thomas Lamar as well, who was able to at, at times facilitate and has the odd game where he's absolutely world-class. Yana Carrasco, as I mentioned, has, has been more and more important. Angel Correa, Luis Suarez as well has, has been at times extremely important for them going going forward. So um, it just seems that the, that the club and, and the style has, has moved ahead of Antoine Griezmann. Um, in terms of Joao Felix, that was the player that was brought in to replace Antoine Griezmann. Um, and he's not been able to do anything of the sort. I mean, he's. We see on several occasions that that there is a world class player, an absolute world class player in him. He's able to put that on, but it just doesn't happen often enough. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, the style of play that Atletico Madrid has. I thought it was a, a, an odd signing to begin with because. Atletico Madrid played the 4-4-2 once he was signed, and he he was extremely good in that number 10 role at, at Benfica. And then he was asked to do a lot more defensive work for Atletico Madrid, and it, and it just didn't suit him at all. And it hasn't suited him. So um, 
it'll be interesting to see the couple the past couple of games he he's been more included more important for for Atletico Madrid so it'll be interesting to see if he if he gets a a more uh, prominent role against Man United but I wouldn't be looking at him as the first player to be afraid of in this side, to be quite honest with you. And, and that might be my famous last words. But then again, I think um, I think it's 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 fair to say at this stage that he he's been a bit of a flop signing for for Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on Atletico's starting 11s every week, and it doesn't seem to be the same team every week. It seems to be a lot of chopping and changing, so it's hard to predict really who is going to start in this game and who's going to be on the bench um so i can't really point out who the, who the threats are going to be obviously based on reputation you would say suarez and griezmann but that's probably not going to be the case it's probably going to be the the other players that you mentioned there um so I, i'm just not i'm not confident that we're going to get this was going to get through but uh the, the, there's reason for optimism as well um <sighs> I'm hoping that at least it's going to be entertaining. I don't want this to be a, a drab <laughs> kind of affair where it's nil-nil in one leg and one-nil in the other leg or it goes to penalties. Yeah, tell you what, penalties is probably a big possibility here. It is. I, I was actually going to say that. Uh, I don't see this as being a goal fest, either either the home or away tie for Man United's sake. I think this is going to be really tight. I think it's... I'm not going to say it's going to be boring, but I don't think that you, you should expect a lot of goals here because... Well, I mean, Atletico Madrid, they, they they concede a lot of goals. But then again, when when they face teams such as Man United and they face those big European knights, something seems to click a little bit more in them when they need to perform. So, I mean, it, it, considering the fact that away goals do not count anymore, of course, Atletico Madrid, they can win 1-0 at home and play 0-0 away from home, and that'll be perfect for them. Um, and that's something that, that they've done in the past. I mean, they, they can shut games off. They're, they're still fantastic at that. Um well, I say that, but then again, they've, they've actually been able to to lose one nil leads more so than not this season in La Liga. But then again, I would just think that if they if they they grab a one nil lead against Man United, that that they're able to to completely shut that game off. That they're that they will. There'll be a lot of fouls. There'll be a lot of uh, bookings. There'll be a lot of set pieces. Um, the difference is that Atletico Madrid used to be the masters of defending set pieces previously, but this season they, they've conceded on set pieces more more so than not. So. It's a team of Jekyll and Hyde. They, they, sometimes they're absolutely fantastic and sometimes they're absolutely dreadful to um, kind of clean up what Gennaro Gattuso said one time about his team in, in Cyprus, that they were sometimes maybe good and sometimes maybe S-H-I-T. So uh, it'll be interesting. I, I'm, very look, I'm very much looking forward to this. And, I've, I, and I repeated myself, but it'll be interest, interesting to see. Yes, this match will be so interesting to see. It'll be ridiculously interesting because there are two sides that are um, that are in a slump. But you see the level of players that they have. You see the level of coaching that they have. They should be able to give us two of the best matches of of the season. But it, it kind of depends on on if they want to. That's that's sort of the the big the big question here. Do these teams want to put it on, and are they able to, at least under the new rules? So. Um, no, I'm 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 very much looking forward to to this tie against these between these two sides, and more so from the tactical point of view uh, than the entertainment point of view. Yeah, it'll be a an intriguing tactical battle between the two coaches. But you mentioned there that Atletico have not been defending set pieces well this season. Well, they've absolutely no need to worry because we have not scored from a set piece all season. 
that's true. I mean, that's true. And, and I mean, but I, I would almost, I mean, I'd suspect that either Harry Maguire or Cristiano Ronaldo will, will do something either extremely positive or extremely negative in this game, considering the the paper talk between those two and everything that's been said in, said in the papers and in interview settings and in press conferences and so forth between, not at least, well, not between those two, but about those two and the captaincy at Man United and Ralph Ragnick uh, at times seeming a little bit, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to say clueless, but he almost seems a little bit baffled by the whole situation between those two and the captaincy and the, and the paper leaks and everything. So I would I would expect Ronaldo and or Maguire to do something extremely positive or extremely negative that will grab the headlines because that is sort of the way the cookie crumbles at Man United, isn't it? Yeah, and the, the positive would probably come from Ronaldo and the negative would probably come from Maguire. <laughs> Um, well, you you, I believe... you you pointed out all the bookings that, that Cristiano Ronaldo seemingly gets against Atletico Madrid. So, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets sent off. I mean, if he does something stupid at at Wanda Metropolitano, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked by it. But then again, I do agree that the most logical would be that Harry Maguire uh, does something stupid and Ronaldo does something good. Yeah, well, hopefully Ronaldo doesn't get sent off because that wouldn't bode well for us getting through the tie. Um, <laughs> I believe this is only the second time in history in which the two clubs have met in a competitive match. I think. The, the only other meeting was a Cup Winners' Cup tie back in 1991 or something like that. So it's quite... A, it, what we like to see in Europe is even as neutrals, you want to see teams play each other who've never played each other much before. And that's what we're getting yeah. here. Yeah, you are. And I believe, I believe Man United won the Cup Winners' Cup in 91, didn't they? So... Yes, I could beat Barcelona in the final, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, it bodes well for, if you if you look at it from a historical point of view, to face Atletico Madrid in Europe. Yeah, it's it, it's something new. Um, you know, if we face PSG, you know, it, it would have been a bit boring from a point of view of where we play PSG all the time. Um, <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't like to see, play, you don't want to play the t- same teams every week. It's a bit like the FA Cup as well. You don't want to play the same teams in the FA Cup all the time. You want to play new opposition now and again yeah. and that's what we're getting here and it's something it's something to look forward to from that aspect definitely and and i think that i think that man united can uh, can prosper from facing a, a a different and difficult team a team that's more so set up for european nights than they are for the la liga seemingly this season um i honestly think i, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you start seeing atletico madrid actually favoring playing europe european ties than, than la liga because they they won everything that is to win in spain i mean they're, they're the reigning champions and when you see that real madrid are basically running away with the title this season i mean why, why, what is there for atletico madrid to to lose by by putting all their eggs in, in the european basket so i think i think it's um i think i think it's it's interesting to, it'll be interesting to see how much emphasis they put on on facing man united in in the champions league and and Remember as well, Man United have have huge respect in Spain. I mean, it's El Manchester. It's it's the big team in, in England. Uh, to, to go to Old Trafford is huge for any Spanish side. I remember when when Athletic with, with the Bielsa, ironically, Man United faced Bielsa and Leeds today. But uh, when when Athletic and went to to Old Trafford to face Man United, it was it was a huge deal. I mean, it was amazing. It was it was it was going to a footballing cathedral, uh, and, and and obviously. Athletic outplayed Man United and and they were fantastic at, at in well, in both ties, but especially that tie at, at Old Trafford. So it'll be interesting. It'll be so interesting to see uh, what what Atletico Madrid do and 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 how they 
and how they how what they put emphasis on when when they face a team like United if, if they go there to win and to kind of grab the moment and 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 try and, and create a a page in their history book or if they view it as something in which they need to be cynical and and, and compact and, and try to to um, I suppose uh, minimize the crisis if they were to concede a goal. Well, I'm glad that United still hold respect in Spain because I wasn't sure if that was still the case uh, after the, <laughs> the debacle of the last 10 years since Alex Ferguson left the club. Um, <laughs> um, so one thing I just wanted to ask you about out of curiosity, you know, it's not going to be relevant to this tie, but they're starting right back from winning the league last season, Kieran Trippier. Why did they let him go to Newcastle? Was it simply because he wanted to go back to England? It was uh, basically made, made clear that, that he wanted to go and and, uh, and Simeone on, on a few occasions said that he needs to decide now. I mean, he needs to decide. We, we cannot live in a situation where he he's he's uh, uncertain if he wants to stay or if, or if he wants to go. And Atletico Madrid had to to move in order to get in new players and and to to I mean plan without him. But, but Trippier was incredibly important for Atletico Madrid in that in that title winning side because he was so good at set pieces. He was good at, at crossing the ball. He was very good in, in the build of play when they had the the wing backs coming in and around when they when they played um, a three a three man defense. So he, he was he was incredibly important to how they how they played last season. And and, and without him now, you see that they're lacking that type of player. So, so Trippier, even though perhaps he's not the sexiest of signings, he was perhaps one of the more important signings that they had so so not having him and, and having to play someone for example like Vishalko is is uh it's a downgrade for them which is why i also think that perhaps marcos llorente might play the left wing back or the right wing back role rather uh because he, he's done that in the past and he, he has been very good at it but he's again that would in that role he'd also be a downgrade from what trippier gave atletico madrid so that that was the, that was why he left he wanted to go back to england and and we've seen on a few occasions that the British players have, they haven't had the best of times outside of the footballing ground. Uh, Gareth Bale is another example of that, obviously, who's who's been at Real Madrid. He's, he's overstayed his welcome for a long time now, seemingly. So, um, so Trippier and, and it was the perfect storm with Newcastle getting the amount of money that they got and, and able to pay both him and, and Atletico Madrid what they wanted. Yeah, and he's had a huge impact at Newcastle already. But unfortunately for him, I think he he's a broke a bone in his foot, so yeah. uh, it's a big loss to them. But thankfully for us, he won't be playing against us in the Champions League. So that about wraps it up there. If everyone could subscribe to the channel, comment your thoughts on the tie down below, and give us a wee like on the video. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Jonas. Always a pleasure being on, man. Really appreciate it, and, and good luck to Man United against Atletico. Thank you very much, uh, and we'll definitely have you on again in the future. Yeah, I'd love to do that.